October 10th. It's the uh, the episode 100. It's October 10th. 45? 45. I think we're finally to 45 today. We're finally hit 145. Yes, it is an exciting October edition of the Media Boat Podcast. If you don't know what the Media Boat Podcast is. What is the Media Boat Podcast? Because I don't know. Well, thank you for asking. The Media Boat Podcast <laughs> is your source for news about movies, music, television, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. Bullshit, it is in that order. No, actually, no, I mixed up. Uh, music and television. Okay, like I said, somewhere <laughs> in that order. <laughs> it's not necessarily in that order, but they are are all covered. Um, so if you are watching live, we're on live on YouTube, just like we are on every uh, Wednesday night, if you're listening to the podcast. Also, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you, friends of the podcast. Friends of the podcast, unite. Let's jump right into it. We always start... The Media Boat Podcast with movies. And well, we, we start, start with introductions. And we always... Oh, sorry. I'm Matt. He's Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. Sure. Now, we go right into the first topic of every episode. We always movies. start with movies. And we always start movies with the weekend box office numbers. All right. I'm going to assume Venom actually did something. Yes. You called this. I was incorrect. Well, I don't uh, want this to be true, because so many put. We kind of had the two uh, major releases, major releases last week. Venom and A Star is Born kind of facing each other's off, ch- each other off. I thought it was going to be Star is Born. I thought it had more um, marketing, even though Venom has been, I feel like, in the zeitgeist a little longer. Yes, uh, but then you realize, comic book movie! But yeah, comic book movie. People yes. were interested in Venom to the tune of $80 million dollars. And that was your number one movie mm. this week. $80 million mm. debut yes. for Venom. $80 million. Is this a success for Sony? Do, can they finally say this is a win? Technically, yes, because it's going to easily cross that 100 mark. Yes. Um, however, it's still a 150 movie, so it's going to take an actual box office for it to uh, it'll, cash in. I think it'll make it. Yes, but this does bode well for the extended universe that Sony is doing. By that, I mean, this is in the news. This is just what I've been reading. Yeah, That Venom is the first step in a series of movies that will congregate together in the Sony Marvel Universe. They want their own MCU. But Spider-Verse. But with the properties that they have access to. Yes. Uh, so with the success of Venom, they are quickly moving forward with their next film, which would be based off Craven the Hunter. I don't even know what that is. That is a man. That's well, that's a man's man. Is he a hunter? Yes. He okay. hunts is animals. It, and is it Wes Craven? No. It's, um, <laughs> does he does he direct horror movies? No. Uh, he's he's okay. just... Think... Um, Nick Offerman? If he got super jacked... <laughs> uh-huh. I'm following. And... Decided to hunt down Spider-Man. I'd watch that. Yeah. Only if it was actually Nick Offerman. I, I know this is actually Nick this Offerman. This is not going to be Nick Offerman, I can <laughs> Probably guarantee. Probably not. Not a project he'd be interested in. I mean, he'd have to get superhero bulked, and yeah, I don't think he's in this stage of doing that. He'd have to do a lot of t- tables and chairs. He'd work a lot of wood. Yes. But but think that. that. Just like a man's man who's just going to like take no for an answer and attack anything and everything. Wait, he's going to take no for an answer or he doesn't? He doesn't. Thank you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. 
Uh, so yeah, Venom is your number one movie with an $80 million debut, so we'll see what happens with the rest of the Sony-verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, your number two movie, though, is A Star is Born. It made a $42 million debut. That's impressive for first-time director Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Uh, yeah, uh, it seems like uh, we're going to talk about that a little later, so yes. I'll just leave it there. Uh, your number three movie is Smallfoot, with another $14 million after its last week debut. Night School at number four with $12 million. That dropped from number one. And The House with a Clock in Its Walls rounds up your top five at number five with another $7 million. There you go. E. It's something that's your top five upcoming this weekend in the box office. Your debuts, Bad Times at the El Royale. This looks good. I know nothing about it, but yeah, the, trailers the trailers make it look interesting and... Briefly, what I've been seeing online is go into it blind. So that's what I'm going to plan on doing. Okay. Uh, so do not watch the movie. Keep your eyes closed. Just listen to it. And immerse yourself in yeah, that experience. Yeah, just listen to it. Go in, blind. Go in blind. Yes. Um, first Man. Also in theaters this week. Yes. First uh, that's Man on the Moon. That confused with the movie earlier this year. Early Man. No, this is First <laughs> Man. This is about the first man on the moon. Yes. Right. Uh, this is Damien Chazelle's next yes. Project starring Ryan Young Goose Gosling. Young Goose, and yeah, he's playing Neil Armstrong because of course yeah, he is. Why not? Make the Canadian play an American hero. Sure, why not? Also, lastly in theaters here, another Jack Wait, he's Black. He's Canadian, right? Uh, Gosling? Yeah, probably. I actually don't know. Well, no, Reynolds is Canadian. Maybe you're getting them. I might get my my Ryan. Get your 50s. Ryan's in order. I get my come Ryan's on. in order. Um. Rounding out the new releases this week, one more, uh, another Jack Black vehicle in Goosebumps 2, Haunted Halloween. We're going to have two Jack Blacks? Two Jack, two times the Jack Black in theaters right now. If you no. want to see Jack Black, so, you can see him twice. So you can see Jack Black the Magician, and then go see Jack Black the writer? He's playing Earl Stein? I don't know if he's playing Earl Stein. I, I don't know anything about the Goosebumps. This is a sequel to the Goosebumps movie that came out a couple years ago. Yes, where I believe he was R.L. or lived in the house Something. of R.L. Stein. I have no idea. I didn't realize, I thought he was just the author of those books. I didn't realize he was in the universe. What, R.L. Stein? R.L. Stein. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's like the lost book that comes to life. Okay. It's, it's subtitled like Happy Good. Halloween or something. Haunted Halloween. Haunted Halloween. Haunted. Yeah. All right. Those just are in time for Halloween. Just in time for two weeks before Halloween. Yep. Uh, that is it for new releases coming up this weekend. Let's take a pit stop. You saw some movies. Uh, you okay. saw a movie. I saw a movie. You saw Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga in a Bradley Cooper film, colon, Lady Gaga? A Star is Born. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's it's might, as well, it might as well be called colon. So how's that dog? I hear that dog's pretty good. <sighs> that dog, oh, that dog made me cry. I want a dog. puppy. Sad dog. Yes. Uh, what about the movie? How All right. That? So I had the option to see either Venom or A Star is Born. You chose. I chose to take my doctor to go yes. see A Star is Born. Yes. Um, you have a weird relationship with your doctor. I know. Not a lot of people have that kind of thought. <laughs> All right. Keep going. My doctor's nice like that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Uh, how was your uh, How was your experience with the movie? So we saw a star is born, and a star has been born in the direct in Bradley Cooper, the director. Okay. This thing looks great. Okay. It feels great, and I want to give 
Bradley Cooper praises director, but I'd also like to give praise to the DP, Matt Levitique. Ah, yes. Uh, one of my favorites. Yes. Uh, he's an alumnus of Jared Aronofsky films. Uh-huh. Um, notably, he was nominated for Black Swan, and he did his other stuff as well. But yes, uh, he's working with Bradley Cooper on this, and he actually does make a brief cameo. The only reason I know that is because, one, it's uncredited, but two, I just know what he looks like, and <laughs> when they yeah. came by, I was like, oh, that's him, ha-ha. <laughs> yeah. Well, because he was playing a photographer during, like, a photo shoot. Oh, that's funny. I was like, ah, that's, that's you. That's good. Yeah, that's good. But, yes, I want to give him praise, because this thing is shot beautifully. I want to give this thing a cinematography award already. Um... So, the basics, so, story-wise, it's very simple. Bradley Cooper plays Jackson Maine, aging country artist who finds um, Lady Gaga playing, uh, basically performing in a bar, and she sings La Vie en Rose. Sure. Very French and very sexual. <laughs> uh, so, he decides to take her on tour because... They bond after a bar fight, and long story short, a star is born. Right. Yes. Uh, so it follows the career. It's very similar to Cars 3. You're going to bring that up? <laughs> wait. So wait a minute. Hold, hold on. Or are you saying Cars 3 is just a star is born? A star 3, Because yes. you realize that this is the third time they've made this movie. Yes. Okay. Yes, but... <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen, the previous two incarnations. Yeah. Get it in car. In car nations. Yes. Uh, <laughs> God. Uh, Star is is uh, is Cars Three, where the aging, sure, yes. veteran, right, undertakes the newbie, right, in order to basically train and improve both lives, but then one surpasses the other. So I was reading something uh, yesterday about this movie. And I thought this was an interesting kind of uh, thing they noticed about it. They said it's interesting that Lady Gaga's career in this film is like Lady Gaga's actual, actual career. career in reverse. Um, no, it's actually in follows real life. No, well, not reverse. Well, no. Their argument for that was based on how right now in Lady Gaga's career, she's trying to strip it down and do like, more acoustic or piano numbers, and she's trying to like focus on ballads and make quote unquote real music unquote. When in, back in the two thousands, when she debuted, she was all about big pop star moments with ridiculous costume changes and uh, choreography and like bombastic performances. And so they were saying in the film, the Lady Gaga character goes from one the the quieter end of the spectrum ends up in the in the louder end of the spectrum, whereas Gaga's career trajectory has been reversed. No, it's actually... <laughs> it just follows Gaga's career as an artist. Okay, in that she started... So. <laughs> she started off small writing and then made the switch into big bombastic. Because... Uh, I don't want to spoil the end because that's how it comes back into it. <laughs> I don't think anybody would be surprised if that's how this movie ends. Oh, no. You can be surprised how this movie ends. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, well, well 
I was just thought that was potentially interesting. Yes. But okay, maybe that's not what happened. Uh, I actually agree with Matt saying <laughs> read read about the Thank movie. You. Thank you. All right. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Lady Gaga, let's talk about her for a yeah, minute. Yeah. How is she in this thing? She's pretty good. Okay. Uh, I like her in this film. Uh, she gets very naked in this film. Well, Gaga's never been that. Um, she's always been open to her. Yes. But she also strips down very well. Well, yeah. I'm no, no, yeah. And, and not in physically, but in like her <laughs> voice and melody. Okay. It's uh, there's several times because Lady Gaga doesn't like performing in the studio. I don't know if you knew that. Right. When they shot this film, everything was shot on set. Yeah. Uh, much like Lens Miserable. Yeah, my yes. understanding is that she requested everything to be all the singing to be recorded live. Yes, and it was, and it the movie definitely benefits from it. Yeah. Um, it was not lip synced. Uh, that is actually Bradley Cooper's voice singing. Yeah. And it's Lady Gaga singing. That is everyone singing performing, and that's what it is. And this film oozes like richness from it. Right. Um, a lot of it is music. It, I like how like each new musical number, not really number, but musical piece moves the story forward into what people. Not only like how they're feeling about each other, but also like where they're at, and you can see the dynamic change between writing about yourself versus writing about like adventures, and then writing about love and loss, and yeah, it's progression, and that's what you like to see in a movie. You like to see your characters progress and go towards goals, and everything comes out happy endings. Until, you know, you start crying because of the dog at the end. <laughs> oh, no, not the dog. Spoiler. Anyways. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Uh, it's, it is also note that this movie uh, takes notes heavily from recent um, musical exchanges. By that, I what? mean the rise in addiction of awareness. Yeah. Okay. Between drugs and alcohol and sex oh, and rock and roll. Okay. Um, does it do those things, like, respectfully? Like, does it approach this delicately? It it tiptoes around it. It doesn't, like, basically shout in your face, but it does at times. But when <laughs> it does, it, it immediately pulls back because it knows, like, okay, you get what we're going for here. Now let's get back to the actual story we're trying to tell. Okay. okay. So it works in the progression and especially culminates well towards as it gets towards the end. Okay. So it's definitely well done. I can see that Bradley Cooper took a lot of directional notes from David O. Russell and not the bad ones, which is good. <laughs> good. <laughs> good thing. He took a lot of notes from his <laughs> from his uh, family sure. dynamics. Yeah. And uh, and character interactions, and not necessarily right. plot points, which is definitely good. That's good, because, yeah, uh, he was always really good at with yes. uh, character yes. acting. Yes, let's uh, give Bradley Cooper uh, his props for his acting and singing. He's so good. Uh, yes, real good. Um, I think the Stars Born uh, soundtrack is out there for Spotify. It is. I believe it's on Billboard somewhere. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Uh, I don't yeah. believe it was eligible for this week, but next probably week not. we'll probably be talking about it. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, wow, okay, so... But let's, okay, so this movie is 
great, but okay. I'm going to jump ahead into a spoiler at the end. Okay. Because the one thing that's been on my mind, the one thing I, that keeps, like, hitting at me, is at the very end, Lady Gaga goes out on stage, and she goes super Whitney Houston on the end. Okay. And by that, I mean the bodyguard. Okay. It is over. It is clearly in your face. This is the love song of the movie, the the love song of a Star Is Born. Right. Um, love theme from love Star theme. Is Born. Yes. Got it. It's a great song. Okay. And I'm glad it hasn't been in the trailers. I'm glad it hasn't been spoiled anywhere. It's kept for it's, the end of the movie. It's kept for the end of the movie on purpose. Yeah. But don't be surprised if you see this song. Either get radio plays or at weddings or it becomes couples love songs because it's that big and it's that good. I hope it's it gets to that status of all right of um I will always love you. <laughs> okay, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's like, movement here. Yes, because it is. It's it goes <laughs> over the top. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it's exactly where it needs to be. It's okay. it's played beautifully. The song is sung beautifully, and it brings tears to your eyes. And this <laughs> these girls in the back were literally sobbing Aww. as the ending was going on. It was lovely. So, of course, the question now is. What do you give it on the media vote, the patented media vote scale? Is it a go see it? Is it a stream it? Or is it a pass? Uh, I'm going to say go see it. Okay. It's going to be a good time. The story is simple. There's, while there is stuff that uh, goes deep, like really deep into like music industry and, and talent and, um, like I said before, the, the, Drugs and addiction. It's really resonating in a human level of a story. That it's, I can see this. I can see why in the moment we're gonna talk about it, getting um, award push. Yeah, for sure. Especially not not just because it's Bradley Cooper's first time directing, but or Lady Gaga's acting, or even the music. It's everything put together in a cohesive story that not only makes you root for these characters, but never loses your attention, and it's a um, ballad, mm-hmm. in a sense, uh, to, to, to music industry and icons. Okay. So yeah, I think... Oh, I'm... I forgot. Sam Elliott's in this thing, too. And yeah. he's great. <laughs> Uh, I want to give him a supporting actor nod for this thing. He's in it very briefly, but every time he's in it, it just, it's powerful. I mean, yeah. he's probably only in the movie, like, in a total, maybe 20 minutes. Okay. But I, every time he's there, you see him, one, you know that Sam Elliott, and two, it's very powerful when he brings it in. It's like, yes, I'm Sam Elliott. I'm here to give you my two cents on everything. And you're going to pay attention. And <laughs> the last shot you see of Sam Elliott is very emotionally hard-hitting. And yeah, you, you like this film. 
Uh, yeah, I have like a bunch of movies I need to see, so mm-hmm. I'll get to it hopefully. But yeah, uh, no, I, what I was gonna say a few minutes ago, I was trying to get this in, because uh, it was what we were talking about before. Oh, yeah. uh, when you're talking about award season push, like I oh, was yes. gonna say that, uh, yeah, uh, I think that this is gonna be kind of the the siren call, the start of award season. Yes. I really think that this is the film. Like every year, there's always a film. It's like, oh, okay. Last year, I think it was Lady Bird. Yeah. And it was just like, all right, we're starting to talk about this now. Open the floodgates. The award movies are coming. Yes. It's Oscar season. Yes. Get ready. Uh, we have this film, and then we have First Man mm-hmm. coming up this week, and yeah. then we have Bohemian Rhapsody at the right. start of November. Right. And that's going to be the the first wave. Yeah. Of um, Hollywood's uh, push for Oscars. Yep. So get ready. Award season is upon us. Yes. Um, Lady Gaga will win original song in this thing. Oh yeah, yeah. This is this your is a foregone conclusion. <laughs> she win. Uh, for sure. And like I said, I hope it's. I hope it really is that final song and not the not, shallow not that shallow. they've been playing. Okay. I really do hope it's that final song. It, it might be. Or if it's like La La Land, maybe there'll be two nominees. I mean, yeah, but as for winning, I want yeah. the last one to win. Because if it does, it'll, like I say, break into that zeitgeist of yeah. theme love songs for yeah. the movie. It could happen. All right. Did you see any other movies? Uh, no, nothing worth reporting. Okay. Um, Same deal. Uh, let's move on, then, into movie news. Our first story, speaking of award season. OMG, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes, we're going to be talking about that in a minute. But first, we want to talk about one of our favorite studios and financial troubles. So yeah, first up, uh, we have a story about, yes, speaking of award season, a a studio known for earning some awards in its past, Annapurna. It's one of our favorite studios. So, uh, but this news is about stuff that they're no longer doing. Oh. Uh, they're pulling out of two projects. Uh, two projects, in fact, that I believe we've mentioned here on the Media Boat yes, Podcast we have. before. First up, Jay Roach's untitled Roger Ailes movie. Uh, and the untitled, and oh, sorry, not untitled. And the Jennifer Lopez vehicle called Hustlers. In addition to its head of production, Chelsea Bernard, exiting the company. Ever since Annapurna started up its own marketing distribution arm in July uh, uh, 2017, it has gone through some $200 million in overall costs, while its slate of five releases since then have combined to earn less than $40 million at the domestic box office. Those numbers don't add up. No. uh, One of those releases is Detroit, which was last year. Right. And the other one was... I don't remember what it was. I don't know what it was Detroit, but it didn't even earn Oscar buzz. But I saw it anyways because one, it was Annapurna, and two, Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. And those were uh, right. passion projects. Right. Speaking of passion projects, so that might be the cause of their money woes. What? Uh, so, it says CEO Megan Ellison has long been an opulent catalyst for getting auteurs prestige passion projects. This who wrote this uh, <laughs> on the screen but with the big short uh, one of their one of their more major successes it even only made 116 million dollars after that thing still needed a hit so right now all money is on their next film bites yes this is, uh, to be a big success well because this is also by Adam McKay yeah um, the budget on the big short was only 35 million so it made money but 
for the studio to be rolling in dough. It's got to make more. They got to keep more. the hits coming. Yes. Unfortunately, this is still a business. Yes, unfortunately. You can make the, your passion projects, but you've got to make sure that you have something being your moneymaker. Right. I mean, this is why Blumhouse allows a lot of people to make the passion projects because they make all that money back yeah. on cheap ass horror films. That's true. That is definitely true. All right, so we'll see how that goes. Yes. Next up, we have a follow-up story uh, about yeah. one of our favorite directors. So, yeah, uh, anyways, uh, for Vice, uh, yeah. that's the next Anna McCabe starring right. um, my, my, Michael, not Michael Fassbender. Yes, Michael Fassbender. Okay. No, Christian Bale. Christian Pick Bale. one. Michael Fassbender? Pick one. It's one of them. I don't know. I forget which one put on weight. Christian Bale. I think he's the, the character actor. Sure. Christian Bale as Dick Cheney, Vice President Dick Cheney, oh, Sam right. Rockwell as President George W. Bush, yes, and that entire um, fiasco of a president, not fiasco, <laughs> yes, but that sure. that that presidency, like the rise and yes. power of Dick Cheney, um, from CEO to Vice President. Well, I get it, Vice. Yes, that's funny. I get it. It's Vice. I get it. Yes. Got it. Um, yes. Uh, however, the budget for that is at sixty-five million. Thirty million more than what he did for um, the Big Short. Right. Which means this needs to be a hit. Otherwise, the studio could be in trouble. Yeah. Or maybe it couldn't be because I don't know if you know this, but uh, the CEO is the daughter of the CEO of Oracle. Huh. Weird. The tech company. That's odd. Yeah. Okay. So they <laughs> they've been pumping money in. Money begat money. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully Annapurna is able to turn it around, give us some hits, because I really love that studio. Yeah. We'll see uh, what happens. Now let's just try let's try this segue one more time. Um, so let's what, move what, on. You got me under the gun here? What? You got me under the gun here? No. Oh. What? I don't know. You, you seem to be like trying try to move this along. Yes, because these shows are too long. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. All right. We have to keep going. All right. Uh, our next story is a follow-up story about James Gunn. Uh, we've been following his fallout after being ousted at Disney from the Guardians of the Galaxy series. But things are starting to look up. Okay. Yes. Uh, because he... Has a job offer over at rival studio Warner Brothers. You mean DC? Yes, exactly. He's been hired by Warner Brothers and DC to write, and with an eye to direct, the next installment of the Suicide Squad franchise. <laughs> yes, ironically <laughs> enough, the movie that was done tonally to match the tone of a Guardians of the Galaxy movie might be written by the dude who wrote <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Who would have guessed? That turn of events. That that's very um, apt, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is right up James Gunn Alley. It's a satirization of comic book characters in a communal setting. That just happens to be villains. Yeah. I think this is right up his alley. <laughs> it could be, uh, but yeah, uh, War Brothers had director Gavin O'Connor attached to that film the sequel to Suicide Squad. But now he's engaged in directing Ben Affleck in the Brad Inglesby scripted drama Torrance. Like Torrance, California? Uh, which is also at the studio. I didn't see any um, anything, about anything about Torrance. Okay. 
knows? She said that they were going to do that one. The studio has been in talks with Gunn to step in and develop the film. And the deal was made after he was settled out of the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 by Disney. So and that right there the is the other part. They settled, which means officially James Gunn will not return in any capacity yeah. to Disney. Which makes sense, because at this point he probably is just as pissed. Where he's just probably like, well, you guys screwed me out. I don't want to work with you guys anymore. So even if they came back hat in hand with a big paycheck for him, he'd probably still tell them no. I mean, we all hope that he'd return for Guardians 3. But now even that film is yeah. currently up in the air. I mean, they don't really need to finish that story because there's no loose ends. The only thing that was loose ends was Adam Warlock's story, which they can even spin that off into its own film. Explore more of that cosmic universe. Uh, but yeah, the act that's where the actual story of the Guardians. Outside of the end of Avengers 4, there's no need to tell another story. Yeah. Which is sad, because we all love those characters, and we love James Gunn's music choices. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. I mean, they, they currently are, are... The internet hope is for Attack of Wachini to take over Guardians and have it be a crossover with Thor. Yeah. That could be. For could be all right. Space Pirate. Yeah. Angel. Yeah. <laughs> Angel Space Pirate. Uh-huh. And uh, Talking Rabbits. Yeah, I could, I could see that working. Yeah. Totally. Those movies are similar now. So. Yeah. Totally. And uh, people really like the interaction between Thor and Rocket Raccoon. And so should this actually take half place? Hey. It could be nice to kill two birds with one stone. Two, two franchises with the same movie. Yeah. yeah. But we'll see if Disney decides to do that. Probably twenty past 2020. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, we might get a Suicide Squad movie. We'll get a Suicide Squad probably 2020. Which is insane. Uh, so I didn't see Suicide Squad 1. How would you say tonally it, it would work with a James Gunn script? The first, like, third of that movie was fine. Okay. <laughs> it was the, th- the next two thirds where they went into the city and then had to fight against the monster with the blue light laser. Okay. Which is, describes a lot of movies, but yes, that's but the, the point. The rest of that movie is... That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it needs the family thing that they tried to do. Like, make these villains like come together as a family. But couldn't, whereas James Gunn did that in one shot. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got, he knows what he's going to do here. Or he could do something completely different. I, I'll probably end up seeing this one though. Because James Gunn has a really weird sense of humor and weird eye, as we have learned. <laughs> yes, it's true. Might actually get me to see one of those things, because I haven't <laughs> seen any of those DC movies. All it's right. not Wonder Woman. It's not Wonder Woman. That doesn't count. Moving on, the one of them. All right, moving on. Our next story is our weekly Netflix story. All right. This time, they've been making moves with buying studios. I don't mean production studios. I mean production studios. There's a difference. All right, so what's the production studio? I mean a place where productions happen. Oh. I mean... You mean warehouses. You mean studio warehouse sets. Studio lots. Studio lots. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about this. Yes. Because they purchased ABQ Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I was say ABQ says for Albuquerque. Sounds delicious. No, that's BBQ. Sorry. 
ABQ Studios hey. is a studio in Albuquerque. Netflix has purchased them. When the deal is done, the company has promised to bring one billion dollars of television and film production Ooh. to the state of New Mexico over the next decade. If the new Georgia, aka. This is the streaming company's first foray into studio purchasing and will now allow Netflix to streamline their production process. Of the projects that Netflix is currently developing, Daybreak, Chambers, and Messiah, all three different shows, I'm guessing, are all or going films. to or films are going to make use of the new studios. Uh, previously, if you're wondering what else they've done, what else have they done? I'm so, curious. Uh, films such as The Avengers, Logan, and Sicario have filmed there, as well as TV shows like Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, and Preacher. Oh, right, AMC shows. The purchase of ABQ Studios will also mean job growth for Albuquerque, as the streaming service plans on hiring up to 1,000 production jobs each year over the next decade. So that's a windfall, not only for the city of Albuquerque, but also for Netflix. I think this is a win-win. It's, this sounds great. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of land in New Mexico yeah. for warehouses, and it's a, I guess, a booming city. I know they have like great tax cuts. But, you know, it's on the middle of, like, basically the desert, so... Yeah. What are you going to shoot out there? I mean... I mean, if you're looking for, like, a wasteland of a of a TV series, yeah, that's going to work for you. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> look for Wasteland. The, wasteland. the new series yeah. by Netflix. If they ever do a Fallout show, there you go. Film it there. Yeah, I can see that. I can see a Fallout show. On Netflix? Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Anyways... So that would be cool. Uh, that's that's good news uh, to expand the ever-expanding Netflix. Yep. Uh, they're just going to keep pumping money, keep making that OC for us. That's original OC. content. Okay. Not, 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 not the OC. Not they're the not OC. rebooting the OC. <laughs> uh, MTV's rebooted The Hills, apparently. Or no. Uh, yes. Yeah, or something uh, like that. Well, it's something like that. The Hills? It's, yeah, what's the Hills? I think it was The Hills. They got The Hills. Sorry, Heidi or Spencer? Somebody from the OC was going to be in that's the reboot of The Hills. That's what it was. Misha Barton. Yeah, Misha Barton was going to be That's what I... Yeah. Oh, Christy would kill me if I didn't say that correctly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move on to our next story here, which is, speaking of award season, talk is starting about the Golden Globes. Already. Oh, wow. I know. Okay. It's early. So, We're already starting talking about the Golden Globes. So, speaking of awards, what are they talking about? They are talking about the category of comedy musical. Oh, you mean from The Martian? Yeah. That comedy slash yes, musical? comedy musical, that famous category. It will be losing two of its big competitors, as Warner Brothers has opted to instead enter A Star is Born and, uh, and Fox entering Bohemian Rhapsody, both in the drama category instead of the musical. But the... Yes. The, 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 yeah. The, the, the I know. two movies that are about the music industry, not in the musical. I think this is fair because to use a film school term. Okay, film school. Movie. The music in these films is diegetic, which uh, means that it comes from the world of the film. We, in, in, this, in these movies, the performances are performances or studio like practice or. They're always being performed by the people in the world, right? Whereas La La Land, a musical, they will break into musical numbers as if the world that of the film was used to that. That's not diegetic. It's something else. Yeah. 
So yeah, that I think is fair. And I think it's fair that these films are not musicals. Mm. There, there's a lot of music in these films. Though. I mean, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody is going to run through the entire catalog of Queen. Uh, probably, give or take. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, so I get, I get both arguments. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I guess I understand why somebody would be like, "Oh, those are musicals because they've got music throughout." But I would also understand the studios being like, "Well, one, the more prestigious awards, the drama will win. They know that." Yes, because in the past, the one that one drama usually goes on to win Best Picture, or it gets the easy nomination. It's, yeah, part of this road. Yes. Well, except for the last two years, where one was The Martian that got the nom, and then last year Lady Bird got the yeah. nom, right? And one for writing. Yes. So yeah, it uh, it it'll be an interesting race because those are obviously not the only two films that will possibly be in the race. Well, what else? Annapurna and Universal are still mulling what they want to do with their Globe contenders. Adam McKay's Vice, as we previously discussed, yep. and Focus Features is submitting Spike Lee's Black Klansman, which you saw, as a drama instead of a comedy. Hmm. The deadline... That, that was a... I, I could see, because they, yeah. they, be, they want that film to be taken seriously. Right. So, yeah, put it in the drama. But I could see the, the fight for Adam McKay, because He's, Adam McKay is a comedic director. But I feel like after the big but, short, everybody see, saw now, it's like, even though that movie had its moments, it's a drama. Yeah. It's a drama. It's not a comedy. That's like saying that, like, Wolf of Wall Street was a comedy, which it was definitely not. I don't know about that. <laughs> It's a pretty hilarious moment. <laughs> it's not about that, though. You know. Anyways. So, the studios have uh, a little bit of time left. A couple weeks here. The deadline is October 31st. And it's up to the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, who votes for the Golden Globes, to decide the category that they deem appropriate for the film anyways. Right. So they can submit it for the drama category, but if the foreign press think that Stars Born doesn't qualify... They'll put it in the musical category anyways. Well, either that or if there's too many nominations for drama yeah, and they want to give awards to other stuff, mm -hmm. they could do that as well. So we'll see what happens when the Golden Globe nominations are announced probably in a couple months. Yes! Award season! It's getting time! It's coming! It's coming! All right, let's move on. That is it for our movies. So that means we get to move on to television. And we always start television with sports. All right. The world of sports. World of sports. Mike's Sports Corner. We start the world of sports in... Baseball. Baseball. It's playoffs time. Yes, the Brewers time. beat the Rockies and the Dodgers beat the Braves. The Astros beat the Indians and the Red Sox beat the Yankees. Yeah. So we got Astros versus Red Sox in the conference. And then we have Dodgers versus Brewers in the uh, NL conference. Go Dodgers. Yeah, I guess, because... Because hometown. Angels are done, Yankees <laughs> are done. Let's go see the Astros one again. Yeah, I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't... Go Dodgers. Yeah. Woohoo. Our horse in the race lost, so we're kind of... My horse in the race didn't even qualify. Didn't it didn't even finish the race. <laughs> so, yeah, limped. Limped across. It fired its manager yeah. halfway through the race. <laughs> <laughs> It retired at halftime, is that what you're saying? Basically, it's what it felt like. Speaking of retiring at halftime, the NFL keeps chugging along. <laughs> Fifth straight week, NFL game has gone into overtime, by the way. Yes, uh, that is a record, because yeah. uh, that shouldn't be happening. Uh, just because it's an overtime doesn't mean that there are ties. No, 
It just means that they needed an extra 15 or so minutes yeah, to, 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 finish, to finish off a game. Yes. Um, Anything else special happened in football? Um, for the you doing fantasy football, bye week started last week for everyone. Yeah. Uh, which means for the next six weeks, keep an eye. Keep an eye on your players because they'll go in and out of bye. So look out for that bye week hell week. Uh, week ten approaching soon. Yeah. Uh, we're I think we're in week six here because most teams take their break around week like nine, ten, midway through. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, and then and hockey then started. Hockey's, yes. And then abruptly week. ended. And abruptly ended. Yes. Yes. Um, my goalie Jonathan Quick of the Kings. Got put on the IR like after the first game. Oops. Yeah, so we're starting our backup goalie. Um, Quick has been a glass cannon for us. But, hey, that's my problem, not yours. <laughs> yeah, the elsewhere in the world hockey thing uh, special happening? Um, elsewhere is special? Nothing of note, but hockey has started, so bye, Mark. We won't see you forever. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll see. All right, that is sports. Anything else sports before we move on? Not that I can. No. Uh, Any more Robles? No, Robles was the thing. Um, but the playoffs for the of uh, the cup are still happening. Yes. Those are Sundays. I think that's going on for the next two or three that's weeks. That's that wraps. Just to be clear. Yes, for that that wraps up. Okay. And then oh, um, in the world of MMA fighting, Conor right. McGregor. Yes. Versus Khabib. I heard about this. Got in a fight. Right. After the fight. After the fight. <laughs> um, so, Conor McGregor, uh, the former champ and and Mayweather dance partner, uh, lost to Khabib. Or Khabib, Khabib. And then after, they, after he lost, they went and had another kind of skirmish while they were doing the belts presentation. Uh, it's hilarious to watch because these are grown men fighting over a belt. But, That's true. hey, uh, EOC came out and said that they will not revoke his number one title or his, um, his new ranking or his belt. So, McGregor gets trained. Or prison? I forget which one yeah, he's going to. Yeah, I, I choose that one. I choose that one. All right. <laughs> So that does it for sports. Well, you well, guys realize that the last thing McGregor punched besides Khabib was a okay. glass door. So. All right, all right, all right. All right. Anyways, Anyways. Let's talk about television news proper. Our first story is a scary one. Okay, what's scary? Who it, got in trouble? Well, no. It's a scary one for our wallets, our future of our wallets. So remember, uh, every not time my we, wallet. I know, not your wallet. You know, every time we talk about the Disney streaming service and talk about our impending future about having to pay all sorts of different studios for all sorts of different streaming services and just having to pay everyone 10 bucks a month. Didn't we say this already happened? Well, it's already happening. Okay. And it's going to still happen because Warner Brothers is getting in on the act too. Ugh. Warner Media boss John Stanky. Oh. A great name. Oof. What is that? Oh, it's John Stanky. Uh, he announced the company will throw down the gauntlet against Disney and digital competitors with a new direct-to-consumer streaming service launching by the end of 2019, just like, Sony, just, just, just like Disney's. The streaming service would draw from the media company's broad collection of film, television shows, animation, and its library. The objective, of course, will be to capture the full potential of 
the former Time Warner assets, for which AT&T forked over $100 billion, including the assumption of debt. Yes, if you remember correctly. Yes. Uh, AT&T. Bought. Bought, purchasing. Everything. F- uh, yeah. Time Warner is gone. It's AT&T Warner now. Well, AT&T Time Warner. Yes. Or whatever the hell they War- end up call- calling Warner it. Media. That's what they're going to call Media. But yes, uh, HBO uh, Now, by the uh, way, launched its 15-a-month dollar offering in 2015 for a streaming service and passed 5 million subscribers at the end, at the start of 2018. Sankey says... <laughs> never not funny. Sankey <laughs> says that the new service would be more expensive compared to HBO Go or Now uh, due to the volume of the content it's expected to have. So, imagine paying $20 a month or more for exclusive as- uh, access to everything Warner. I think that's way too much money. You, you think that, but we still don't have a price point for the Disney. Ooh, they can't do 20. They have to keep it at 10. No one's going to pay $20. Fifteen? Well, 20 a month. Well, but again, if anybody can do it, it's Disney. Yeah. Warner Brothers, however, I don't think... I think that they have 10 or 15, and I don't think they can go higher than Well, that. with Warner, you'd get probably HBO, all of DC, yeah. all Harry Potter. Well... All that's the that's a good point though. They launched a DC exclusive streaming service just a few weeks ago. Yes. So I don't think they would cannibalize the two. I think they would keep that spun off as its own thing. Well, no, I think you give gain access to it, much like you gain access to on demand services via like DirecTV. Oh, maybe, maybe something like that. Yeah. But regardless what they do with this thing, yeah, it would have a lot of content on it. You, that would potentially have everything Cartoon Network. Right. It would have everything... Um, Looney Tunes. Yeah. Boomerang. Hanna-Barbera. Catalog there. Yeah, Hanna-Barbera cartoons would be on there. But yeah, their film library. God, yeah. There's a bunch of imprints under the Warner label that they could put in there. The Village Roadshow is them, I think. Yeah. Like, the... Uh, the Dimension Film. Dimension is under them. Yeah, it's like, they, there was a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Easily. A lot. The whole uh, TBS, TNT, mm-hmm. that's all Turner, which is them. That's insane. It's a lot, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, I, I'd price it at 15. Yeah, I think that's fine. I think 20 sounds like a lot. But yeah. if they say 20, but you get basically everything here, then it's more of an incentive, but... And yeah, maybe we'll have to we'll wait have until to. we see what it actually offers. Uh, but we definitely have to... Disney's gonna... Can and will... Yeah. Make the first... Move. Move. Because they've already announced it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I think Warner's gonna hold off on pricing it until after they see that, Ugh, and wow. then give their take at the end of the at the end of the year. Again, though, all I know is that it's gonna be a really expensive future. If, if they put enough exclusive stuff that's worth owning all these things... Man, it would be it would suck to have all have to buy all of this every month. Yeah, but you realize that normal cable packages. Oh yeah, I know. People are are already like two hundred a month. I know. And if you just with if you just do Disney and so if you do Disney at twenty, Time Warner at twenty, Netflix at ten, that's fifty a month for a lot of stuff already. Yeah. Then you do HBO at 15, 
Amazon comes with your Prime. What else do you really need? Hulu? I mean, that's the thing, is that I feel like as soon as you start YouTube doing that, Live? that's when you realize that's that not, there's more stuff you need to buy. Yeah. That's also when you realize that you get to like 80, which is still cheaper doing internet streaming that way than paying for cable. I mean, yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. Money. Money. stuff. All right. Well, if I'm going to try and do all the streaming, can I just, like, buy it all in one place? You could. At a big box retailer such as Costco. What do you mean, Costco? They don't do that. Well, guess what? Costco has reportedly considered launching an over-the-top video service for its premier membership customer. Hey, our premier membership customer. For now, the service would have partnered... <laughs> <laughs> burst your bubble. Uh, the service would have partnered with an existing over-the-top... I love that term, too. Over-the-top. Over-the-top. Over I know, it's just OTT. OTT, you OTT. know me. <laughs> video platform to reduce costs aimed to mirror Prime Video, offering Prime members free access to myriad catalog TV shows and movies. In addition to original content... Yes, original Costco content. Imagine that. Was I don't know what that even means. Is that be. Kirkland branded? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Kirkland Films presents. <laughs> That's really good. Anyways, uh, it would also uh, uh, sought to include the streaming service with its executive $120 annual membership, which includes 2% back on purchases. I like how you like added in this little advertisement yeah. for the premium uh, Costco just, just, membership. Hey. Gotta, gotta, gotta get gotta money. the props. Negotiations reportedly broke down with a potential OTT video partner, though, over financial terms. So, who knows if this will ever happen. Uh, I don't know if Costco's going to have a streaming service. Who knows? But it could happen. I mean, Walmart has Voodoo. That's true. Walmart does own Voodoo. I learned that in our elevator the other day. <laughs> I did not know that until I read that. It's fascinating what you learn in the elevator going to work. Yeah. Okay. So that could happen. You know what else can happen? What what could happen? Well, something that's actually still happening: The Witcher on Netflix. You mean Henry Cavill's The Witcher? Henry Cavill's The Witcher. In fact, more casting has been announced, which is what we're talking about here. Okay. Freya Allen of War of the Worlds into the Badlands, and Anya Chalotra. Good, good job. <laughs> I tried my best. The ABC Murders and Wanderlust have joined Henry Cavill as Siri and Yennefer. Both characters in the in the uh, Witcher universe. I've never played any of these Witcher games, but man, the name Yennefer is fun to say. Yennefer. Yennefer. It's like Jennifer, but with a Y. It just just calls her Jennifer. No, but it's spelled with a Y. I know, so but, but that's the joke. He just keeps calling her Jennifer, but no. he keeps correcting. No, I think that it's yeah. It's Yen. Everybody Yennefer. calls her Yennefer. I just like saying Yennefer. It's a fun name. Yeah, fun. Uh, but yeah, Siri, if you're wondering, is not the uh, Apple uh, assistant. No, 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 no. This is... It's the young princess of Sintra, one of the kingdoms at the center of the plot. Yennefer, meanwhile, is a sorceress and Geralt, uh, who's Cavill's character, main love interest. Oh, so they... Yes, Yennefer. Yennefer and Cavill. Yennefer and Cavill, sitting in the tree. Uh, she is also a mother figure to Siri. Rounding off the cast are Jodie May from Game of Thrones and Genius as Queen Calanth. Bjorn Hjolnjör. Well, okay, one more one more try here. Bjorn Hjolnjör Haraldsson, I guess of Fortitude, is her husband. 
uh, husband of the night east east and levy of nightfall and snatch as the druid mouse sack what this is hilarious <laughs> through this mouse sack this is hilarious it's a person because i know you've never played these games that yeah. you're just butchering it to hell my anna burring not your anna but my anna Burring <laughs> as the head of Magical Academy at Ar- Artuza Tisaya. Mimi Nidueni as Therica Wilson Reed. Oh, and Therica Wilson Reed as Novice Sorcerers. And Millie Brady, that's a name I could say, as an outcast named Princess Renfree. Does this mean anything to you? No, I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> Adam. It's okay. The it's, it's all in Polish, the Witcher, I guess. It's all Polish. They're all Polish. It's all Polish to me. Well, it is because Fred CG Project Red right. is based in Warsaw. Also, it's based on books that were apparently really popular in Poland. Yes. So there you go. So yeah, uh, guess keep an eye out on that one if you like The Witcher. Yes, uh, this will probably be our last update until we see until a trailer. Yep. It comes out. Because casting's done, uh, pre-production's all done, they're going to move very quickly soon here into actual production of principal photography. Yep. Which is great news for all of us nerds. Or fans of The Witcher. Fans of The Witcher. Alright, moving on. Our last story in television here is about uh, good old cow pen. You mean White House? Yes. Obama uh, aide, a, or whatever the hell he did in the, the White House during the Obama administration. Yes. Uh, Cal Penn uh, is, uh, if you've been wondering what he's been up to lately. What's he been up to lately? He he's, was on, uh, last time was How About Your Mother? Uh, yeah, he was on that for a while. Mm-hmm. Now, he's set to co-write, executive produce, and star in a comedy series project alongside Matt Murray and creator, executive producer, Michael Schur, supervising. The plot centers on a disgraced New York City councilman and former baseball wonderkind, Garrett Shaw, played by Penn, who finds his calling when faced with six recent immigrants in search of the American dream. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Penn. Uh, uplifting. Yeah, could be. Penn recently worked Comedy? on Designated Survivor, and Murray and Schur have worked together, of course, on creating Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And The Good Place. Well, I like all three of those shows. Yes. So is this going to be a comedy then? Sounds like it. Comedy American Dream? Yeah, I can see that. All right. Is there a title for this thing? No. All right. Name it. Name the show. Um, okay. A New York City councilman who used to be a baseball player who ha- uh, has to help six immigrants. Angel in the Outfield. Let's do... Huddle with the curve. Huddled masses. Huddled, huddled masses. Baseball, not football. No, huddled masses like immigrants. Like, bring me your huddled masses. Yes, but huddle is a baseball, football term. I don't care. I still think <laughs> huddled masses is a good name for the show. Huddled masses. Anyway. So stay tuned for huddled masses uh, this fall on NBC. Most that's got to land on NBC. Well, I all those other shows, all those other shows landed on NBC, and sh- I mean, even though Brooklyn Nine was on Fox, it yeah. was produced. Now it's on NBC. I know it was uh, produced and created on the NBC lot. Yeah, oh, so, yeah, oh, masses, oh, masses. I don't know about that. Money on that. Anyways, I would not actually spend money on that. 
that is it for television news, which means, oh boy, we're already almost an hour in, and we haven't talked about the television we've watched this week. Yes, week's. and we have uh, music <laughs> reviews and uh, video game reviews oh, we as well. Oh, have so much to talk about. So let's get started. You watched a lot of TV this week. Yes, but this is all stuff we're going to go through real quickly. Okay, good. Except for one of them. All right, so first, let's get the small ones uh, done. Uh, first of all, you watched... What do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's go in order. I don't know if I talked about this or Million not. Little Things again, for yeah. some reason. Okay, yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure if I talked about this or not. You talked about the pilot. We talked okay. about the pilot. All right, so I talked about the pilot. Um, so I watched episode two, Yeah. and it's more Sucks. the same. Sucks. It's, hey, we're going to help this guy, or we're going to figure out why he did this, but everyone has their secrets. A million little secrets. <laughs> That's what this should be called. Nope. Because everyone's hiding stuff until they finally rip it out of them, have an emotional moment, then we're on to the next episode. Rinse, repeat, show. Yeah. All right, done. All right, what about uh, your uh, continuing to watch uh, My Hero Academia? Uh, that ended, uh, that wrapped up season three, four, three. Season three of the dub. The sub is not out yet, uh, but... Uh, season 3 has wrapped up. They continue and have yet to graduate three seasons into this thing, which is par for mangas. Of course, mm -hmm. they drag it out as long as they can. Yeah. Uh, but I still continue to enjoy it. They continue to introduce new heroes, and they're, the young class is now going to go up against the upper class in Season 4. Yeah. And do even more... Um, Heroes versus villains in training as the villains continue to congregate with each other and build up an army. And I see this thing clashing out really big in brass, and I love the writing on it. It's great. If you are not watching My Hero of Academia and you love anime like Dragon Ball Z, give this thing a shot. It's worth it. It's fun. Or watch One Punch Man again because that thing's still good. All of the above. Yeah. All right. You also, we watched the uh, season premiere of Hell's Kitchen. Yes, Hell's Kitchen. Rookies versus pros. Yeah, different twist this season. Yeah, so uh, last season they did the, their first twist with All-Stars and bringing back some favorites that we liked uh, during the Hell's Kitchen's episodes, or seasons. Now they're doing Rooks vs. Pros, another staple of what do we do when we run out of ideas. Yeah. Uh, it's... Yeah, so as the premise states, newbies, newbies versus returners. Um, yeah, returners are well versed in everything, but, but full of themselves. But full of themselves, <laughs> and it is worth noting for those of you who love Hell's Kitchen, they killed off one of the main characters. Well, kind of, kind of. <laughs> yes, um, they killed off the risotto, but they reintroduced a different risotto. So really, it doesn't make a difference. Yes, um, <laughs> the famous Gordon Ramsay risotto, which gets yeah. everyone troubles all the time, has been replaced by one of the contestants' risotto. Um, it's funny enough; uh, it's the same contestant who made the same risotto five days a week, <laughs> or so he says. Or so he says. So, yeah. But yeah, otherwise, it's still Hell's Kitchen, it's just with a little bit of a twist. Yes. So it's it's a good twist. Uh, I, I like it, but then again, I enjoy Hell's Kitchen, so yeah. there's yeah. that. All right, uh, and then lastly, let's let, uh, oh, sorry, before we talk about the, the major one here, uh, you watched 911. Oh, yeah, season two of 911. 
<laughs> Keep forgetting that exists. Yes, it exists on Fox. I still enjoy it. Um, it did a special uh, two-part, three-part, two-part episode of what if the big earthquake happened and the, the team runs in and basically has to help a building that's collapsing on itself in a two-part episode. They put a lot of production into this thing. Yeah. Um, partly because I know LA, I can see where they film stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that's right across from here. Oh, that's over there. Oh, that's actually here. Hey, I know that place. That's off here. Um, but that's just because live in LA and know where stuff is. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's a fun show. I like it. They got away from the romantic development that was going on between uh, the firefighter and the um, men operator, which unfortunately means they got rid of Connie Britton this season. Oh, okay. Tear. Because <laughs> her arc really did wrap up at the end of the first season. But they say that she's uh, leaving... Uh, she, she went away to, quote, find herself, so she may return at some point, okay. should they choose to. Should they? But uh, instead, they brought in a second female lead, uh, one of the character's sisters. And mm-hmm. she is a new 911 operator and has to deal with Got new stuff. Uh, former nurse, so she tries to treat stuff on her own, but they keep telling her, no, you have to yeah. get them help. Yes. Like, don't assume stuff. Do as you're told, not try and fix them as they go. By the book. By the book. Uh, so that's really cool, interesting uh, dynamic. Uh, I like this show. I could easily see this thing running for a long time. At the same time, it can get very procedural, which means there's not a whole lot you have to invest in this thing, which is good. Yeah. And that brings us to our last thing we have to talk about, I believe. Yes, uh, that brings us to this week's Netflix original. Uh, which is uh, season two of Big Mouth. Yes. So, the surprise hit, I want to say? Yeah, we were certainly surprised by it, uh, uh, season one. I want to say it was on my top five list of last it year. It was. It was on your top five Yeah, list. I believe it was number five. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, in case you don't remember, Big Mouth is the uh, Nick Kroll-created uh, and voiced... Uh, yeah, animated cartoon animated about... Cartoon about Middle schoolers. Junior high kids. Going through puberty. Going through puberty. Yeah. Which seems like an insane premise. And, yeah, it is. It is. It doesn't stop being an insane premise in season two. No. It's still the a weirdest thing. I was trying to explain <laughs> explain it to someone, and I was just like, I was like, well, no, I can't. I can't explain this. <laughs> it's like, it's such a weird thing. It just, why does this exist? I mean... I don't particularly like Nick Kroll's comedy. Sure. John Mulaney is meh for me. Yeah, I, I like John Mulaney. And he has good stuff, but then he also is over the top, wannabe Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld at points. <laughs> sure. Uh, but, but, yeah. yeah it's it's this weird. show, though. <laughs> it's one of those things that, uh, as you say it out loud, is weird and it will turn you off. Oh, yeah. But as you watch it, it just brings you in. And is hilarious with jokes and topical yeah. conversations. And yes. it's very on the nose and on point about everything that it does to where you want to see what happens. Yeah, the jokes, the joke writing is still funny. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of solid gags. The 
plots are still just as relevant and well done as they were in the first season. It does a surprisingly good job about covering topics that would actually happen with a, um, a middle school kid learning about their bodies and going through puberty. Like, every episode does a fair, pretty good job about, like, yeah, this is a thing, a real thing that people deal with. Mm-hmm. And occasionally there's musical numbers about it. <laughs> yeah. And occasionally there's, like, super weird, like, fantasy segments about these things. But it all somehow works. Yeah. And it it's works. surprisingly sex positive. And, and, like, and that's the thing about so, season, that even season two, is that yeah. it stays that tone. Yeah, they, it's, yeah, they didn't miss a beat yeah. uh, from the first season. It's definitely more of that. So if you enjoyed the first season, uh, you will enjoy the second season. Yes. It's like just a continuation right where they left off. Uh, don't be surprised if you see more about this in the news or even around war season as what episode deals specifically and all around Planned Parenthood. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in a... Not, not even in a positive message about it, but in a factual message about right. what Planned Parenthood is and how people get misinformation from it and fear-mongering and not knowing what it is. Because, you know, as the show portrays everyone as middle schoolers, they don't know what it is. So they have to, in turn, basically flat out explain. This is Planned Parenthood. This is what they do. This is how they help. A, B, C, D, E, follow the plots. Right. Um, aside from that, they do introduce a new character, which every middle schooler goes through. And that is the shame wizard. Yeah, I think this is an interesting kind of uh, way for the, 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 the show to not just talk about like puberty as the body develops, but also talk about it in a way where uh, the mental, like the like, yeah, how your mental health develops and how kids around that age are just discovering what it means to be self conscious about themselves and what they do, not only about self conscious about how they're changing, mm-hmm. which I think is really good and it's and yeah, it's very much touches on things that middle schoolers would in real life have to deal with on a mental and social level. Yeah, and it's a great way for that to be pulled out into a personification of it. It They treat it as an actual character. They treat it as something that is detrimental to these characters as well, as positive influence. I mean, they do gain knowledge from it, and they do <laughs> learn from it. Yes, yes. And but it still is a comedy at heart. And yes. So it's still... There, everything is still played for laughs. But, yeah, there are lessons learned, and there are things to actually be gleaned from this. Which brings up the same point that I brought up when we talked about season one. Which is, who the hell is this for? <laughs> who is this for? Because the kids that this would probably actually help are too They're young too to young. see this. Yes. Because there are st- there's stuff going on language, situations, just all these things that I'm sure middle school kids do say and do in real life. But for a television show, it is definitely meant for adults. Yes. Which is so... It's adult humor. There's adult references. Yeah. But at the same time, it's sex positive. It could be really educational. Yes. And that's the thing, is it's such a strange... That just continues, like, how strange this thing is. It's like... 
an uh, adult, like an adult raunchy schoolhouse rock, if they really, like, if it really embraced, like, the raunchiness of it. Yeah. Like, it just, I just don't know. It's a show that's really hard to recommend. Because it's hard for me to say, yes, you, you should watch the show about middle school kids going through puberty. <laughs> where there's constant nudity, animated nudity, of course. Yeah. And references to 13 journals. <laughs> like, bodies. It's just like, there's no way to talk about this show or watch this show and, like, feel comfortable with it. But it's also really funny and it's really well made. It, it is. <laughs> so uh, it's like... At the very end, they do go deeper into mental health issues, uh, not only with, especially with uh, okay. one of the girl characters about her progression of yeah. how, like, hormones can make you do a lot of stupid and crazy things. Yeah. And then that leads into basically a council of, uh, within the mind. Okay. And then that leads into depression and how to deal with depression. Huh. Not only in how it can be physically portrayed um, through putting up a really large fluffy cat. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. But then also how you can overcome it as well. Uh, through the power of friendship, which is oh. interesting. A, a, an interesting way to go about it, but it's also like really positive messages too, like how to like identify signs about it and how to go about it with your friends. Should you see any of this, the last couple episodes are really like, I guess that's part of the course because it's a TV show, positive and uplifting, and how to deal with all these struggles that. We've been going through through the entire season. Yeah. That um, makes sense. It makes sense. But it's also still one of the weirdest shows out there. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's hard to recommend, but I will say that if the first, if you like the first season, it's more of that. It's, it's interesting that yeah. this thing exists. Like, like I said before with the first season, give the first episode a shot. Yeah, see if that if you like that, it. If that is your tone, stick with if it. If it doesn't turn you off immediately, then stick with it. You'll probably enjoy the rest of it. Yeah, but definitely <laughs> sit through the first episode yeah. to get an idea of what this thing is. Yes. All right. All right. That's it for television. Let's move into cancellations and renewals. All right. What is being canceled and or renewed? Well, I guess real quick, I do want to mention one thing I watched. If you're watching uh, Cartoon Network's OKKO... OK oh, that, that returned. Monday, they did a special episode of the show. Uh, the, the Cartoon Network crossover. Yes, called OKKO OK, 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 Crossover Nexus. Uh, get it? C-N? Yeah, C-N. Crossover Nexus, uh, which was fun because it was a crossover episode with all sorts of different Cartoon Network shows. Um, mainly, uh, Garnet from uh, Steven Universe, Ben... 10 from Ben 10, yeah. uh, and uh, Raven from Teen Titans Go uh, were kind of featured in the crossover, but it wasn't only them. It takes place in kind of a city uh, that combines elements of all sorts of different Cartoon Network shows, and even has ca extra cameos from former Cartoon Network stars. Uh, I spotted I Am Weasel. Really, I spotted the I spotted the building, uh, the 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 town, the uh, Townsville Center uh, from uh, Powerpuff Girls. Yes. I spotted um, 
this is this is this is one that I didn't think I would remember. One of the characters from Hi Hi Puffy and Yumi. <laughs> that you didn't think you would hear those words again. No. Um, no, no, I didn't. Yes. Oh, and no. plenty more. So I recommend it. So, so there's cuts for everyone. There's something for everybody in that episode. It's fun. Um, so yeah, if you um, have any uh, nostalgia for classic Cartoon Network, and if you like uh, what they've been doing with OKKO, OK which is still a great show, uh, yeah, check out the crossover Nexus. It's it's it was a really neat, uh, neat eleven minutes of uh, cartoon. Anyways, moving on to cancellations and renewals. All right, let's. So I ask yet again, what's being canceled and or renewed? Well, first up, AMC is renewing Lodge Forty Nine for a second season. Ooh. Titans on the aforementioned DC Universe streaming app. Yes. Gets a second season. Oh, two episodes in. Yes, two okay. episodes in. Gets cool. renewed. Netflix is renewing Marcella for a third season as well. Okay. I don't know what that is. And we move into deaths. This uh, is a big death week. Uh, real quickly, though. Yes. Uh, new Amsterdam. Yes. Uh, is the first of the new series to get a full order. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, they got nine more episodes added. So that puts it up to 22 episodes for the first season. And... Most likely, we'll get a second if it gets this order already. Wow, easy. Um, it is of note that this is a procedural, so it's not like Manifest, which is also getting two hits for them. Right. Where they have to write out the entire, basically, season. But yeah, um, New Amsterdam's giving you 22 gold fresh episodes. Okay. Good to hear. Moving on to Deaths. This is a big okay. week in deaths, unfortunately. Yes. We have a lot of dead people. Oh, it'll take like that. Yeah, it's not great. First up, Alex Spanos, age 95, uh, owns the LA Chargers. Oh, yes, the Spanos. Spanos. Yeah, yes, he moved them, and then, yeah, um, they're going to go to the new LA Stadium. Right. All right, uh, Tim Chandler, age 58. Who was a bassist uh, for uh, Daniel Amos, the Swirling Eddies, and the Choir. Uh, that's young. 58. Yeah. Arnold Copelson, age 83. He was a producer on Platoon, The Fugitive, and Seven. Mm. Uh, George Taliaferro, age 91. He was a football player. Played for the Colts. Yeah, uh, Baltimore Colts. Uh, well, the Baltimore Colts, Colts, yes. And he was uh, a college Hall of Famer uh, for Indiana, the Hoosiers. But here is what is super of note of this guy. But yes, most famous for being the first African-American selected in an NFL draft. Boom! Yeah. That's quite, 91. That's quite a thing. I know. Then uh, Scott Wilson, age 76. He was an actor, The Walking Dead in Cold Blood and a Knife Configuration. I believe he was a pretty main character in The Walking Dead. He was the old guy. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that, that uh, kind of changed some yeah. plans, from what I understand. But yeah. Yes. Uh, moving on, Will Vinton, uh, age 70, uh, most famous for being the originator of Claymation. And I mean Claymation. Yes. Because you could only call something Claymation if it was by Will Vinton Studios. Fun fact. Of acclamation. Fun fact. Uh, but yes, uh, he of course created the California Raisins, The Adventures of Mark Twain, Return to Oz, plenty of stop motion uh, films in the Will Vinton canon. Uh, so yeah, uh, an animation legend who will be missed. And lastly, Audrey Wells, age 58, director screenwriter of Under the Tuscan Sun, The Hate You Give, and The Truth About Cats and Dogs. 
No. So um, a um, a loss for fans of the romantic comedy. Yep. Sounds like. All right, that's it for death. Let's move into music. Okay, so top of the billboards. Yep, it's time I'm, to top the billboards. Top the billboards. I don't know if we can ever top the billboards. I mean, I'd hope to one day, but not necessarily. Okay. But first up, we have the. Billboard 100, which is your singles list. Topping the list again this week is Girls Like You by Maroon 5. Oh, featuring Cardi B. Featuring Cardi B. Number two, though, debuting at number two this week, one of those The Carter 5 tracks. Oh, you Mona Lisa. That one's Lil Wayne featuring Kendrick Lamar. Wait, I've heard this song. Yes. Mona Lisa. No. You're, no. Not, 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 not that one? No, this is, uh, <laughs> this is the track uh, featuring Kendrick Lamar, which is ridiculous okay uh but it's 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 pretty good so that's your number two record or sorry your number two song number three juice uh juice world with lucid dreams number four better now with post malone and number five also debuting off the carter five don't cry hmm so Lil wayne has Lil two wayne. hits Lil wayne two hits this week which makes sense because your billboard is he gonna be the number one chart. he is number one he is the number one <laughs> album in the country right now the Carter Five, finally. The Carter V. Number two, deb- also debuting this week, YSIV by Logic. Logic. Logic, the rapper. Yes. Remember he of One Eight Hundred, etc. Yes, One Eight Hundred Suicide Line. Yes. Number three, also debuting this week, uh, Dancing Queen. That is the ABBA cover <laughs> album by Cher. Cher. Also, also debuting at number four Whoa, this week. Whoa, four newbies? Luca Brasi 3 by Kevin Gates. And rounding out the top five. Backs for what? Or back, back for what? Scorpion, Scorpion by Drake. Scorpion by Drake. <laughs> so they couldn't all be new. But uh, four out of five of the albums this week are Top new. four were all top new. Four, wow. All new hey, we back. said last week this is a huge week yeah. for new releases. It really was. I mean, yes, two weeks ago because they were all two weeks yes. stuff. Speaking of new releases, let's talk about new releases. Okay, what am I listening to this week? Atreyu with In Our Wake. Atreyu! Basement with Beside Myself. Belly with Immigrant. I don't know which belly that is. Is that the alt-rock band belly or is that the rapper belly? I think it's this belly. (laughs) Belly. (laughs) Making music all the time. Calvin Johnson with A Wonderful Beast. Not that that Calvin Calvin Johnson. Johnson. (laughs) Who knows? I don't know. Very well could be. Not, not, not Megatron. No, Calvin not Johnson. Yeah, Calvin Johnson. <laughs> I mean, oh, he is retired for the NFL, so maybe <laughs> that could be. <laughs> I wish he was. Conan Moccasin with Songs in the Plains. Elvis Costello and the Apostles with Look Now. Eric Clapton with Happy Christmas. A little early. Uh, John Grant with Love is Magic. Kurt Vile with Bottle It In. Matthew Deere with Funny. Parcels with Parcels. Quavo with Quavo Huncho. I think it's Quavo. Sorry. Quavo. Yes. With Quavo Huncho. The Bottle Rockets with Bit Logic. The Watson Twins with Duo. Makes sense. Tom Morello <laughs> with the Atlas Underground. We'll talk about Morello in a little bit. And Young Jesus with The Whole Thing is Just There. Thanks, Young Jesus. <laughs> the Whole Thing just there. That's Young Jesus for you. Just giving you the whole thing yep. right just there. Just there. <laughs> Thanks, Young Jesus. <laughs> Moving on to music news. Our first story. Is Happened big yesterday. One. Is the big one. All yes. right. So tell me about the American Music Awards. Well, the story is less about the American Music Awards and more with uh, more about the person who won one. Um, 
that's your actual biggest music story this week. That's why Taylor Swift stuff. But it's kind of couched in this American Music Awards thing. So as you know, the American Music Awards are the imitation Grammys that Dick Clark thought were a good idea. Yes, for, uh, for ratings. Yes, for ratings. And they happened yesterday. Or Monday? Monday. They happened no, no, Monday. Yesterday, Tuesday. I thought they happened Monday. Anyways, no, they, they happened. Taylor I Swift. I for them, so Tuesday. Taylor Swift won the award for Best Tour of the Year, Best Artist of the Year, Best Pop Rock Female Artist of the Year, and Best Pop Rock Album for her album Reputation. I would like to point out that it is very, those categories are very skewed towards pop and not rock. Yes. I am biased like that. Right. But yes, with those wins, Swift broke the record for most wins at the AMAs by a female artist. During her speeches, she encouraged viewers to go vote. This, of course, was a fo was following her Instagram post earlier in the week, where she, for the first time, actively stated her political beliefs. Uh, she went ahead and actually recommended that her fans register to vote, and specifically vote for the Democratic candidates in her home state of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. This was a big deal because, as you might know, Taylor Swift has been very quiet about her political views, choosing instead to choose very safe topics to talk about, like uh, instead of saying outright what she believed on either a Democratic or Republican conservative liberal bias. Yes. She was very quiet about these things up until now. So, uh, the uh, music people, uh, people in the music industry were very quick to note that uh, statistically, this has already made an impact on registered voters. Woo! Believe it or not, somebody found numbers that suggest that 65,000 young people, and that's people in the 18 to 25 demographic, so Taylor Swift registered demographic. to vote after Taylor Swift made these statements. I thought voters were supposed to be anonymous. Well, there are data where you can see I know. how many people register, register over a certain year. Yes. Uh, so yes, uh, there is a certain argument you can make that somebody as influential as Taylor Swift actually does have the influence to get young people registered to vote. Who knew? Hmm. I mean, it's almost like she should have done this way earlier, but eh, what are you going to do? Use this time machine to slap your sense into her? Right. Well, maybe don't slap her, but... It speaks some sense into her, I don't know. Right, yes. Yes, where was she in 2016 is the question I have to ask. I think she was recording, <laughs> talking about her reputation. Talking about her reputation, yeah. All right. Although, I don't know if we were supposed to talk about her reputation. She doesn't give a damn about her reputation. But I'm talking about her reputation. Anyways. Uh, also, at the AMAs, besides Taylor Swift, uh, the big winners included Canola... Can Did I put Canola? <laughs> that is a great typo. Camila Cabello. I don't think I put Canola. You put Canola Cabello. Okay. Featuring Kim Young, featuring Young Thug for Havana. Yes, Havana was video was the big song of the night. Uh, pop rock song collaboration and new artist Camila uh, Cabello did. Yes, uh, that that's hip hop and rap new artist. Although it's more yeah. hip hop than. Meanwhile, that. Cardi B won for R and B song, rap song, and rap artist. Yep. As, and uh, meanwhile, in the country uh, uh, segments of the of the night, Kane Brown swept. I don't even know who Kane Brown is. Neither do I, but I expect <laughs> him to be at Stagecoach next I guess year. so. Jeez. Yeah, uh, he went for album, song, and uh, artist. Yeah. Although, uh, Florida Line did win for best duo group, because Kane yeah. Brown is a 
Because it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so somebody who wouldn't uh, have won any AMA as last night was Suge Knight. Oh, he would be nowhere near the AMA no, unless he was there with his car. was not because he has now been sentenced to 28 years in prison Woo! for his fatal hit and run. Uh, yes, uh, we reported on that back, back when, right. um, one, we were first starting, and two, they were filming for, um, Straight Outta Compton. Right. So this was, of course, in connection to his killing one man and injuring another when he ran over them at a Compton burger stand in 2015. By pleading no contest to voluntary manslaughter, Knight avoided a murder trial and a possible life sentence. So he basically took the, the, the lower sentence that he could have taken. But still, 28 years in prison is pretty much, well, there goes your career. Like, what else is he going to do? Like He's going to write a bunch of songs and then come out with a double album. Well, Shug Knight was never... I know, he's a producer. Artist, he was a producer, but still, yes. But he's like, You can find some talent in there, though. But yeah, I mean, deservedly, he deserved the 28 years of prison. Well, That's for sure. Did he do it? Was that just for this or for everything he was allegedly connected to? Yeah, that's to? another story. But at least he got sentenced for something. Yes. All right, let's move on. All right. Uh, uh, let's, story. Let's talk about Chris Cornell. This is also or, kind of a follow-up story. We were talking about the suicide prevention uh, 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 event or an event organization, organization. etc. The, the the awareness event that was going to happen. Yes. So yes, uh, Chris Cornell's former audio slave bandmate Tom Morello has now released a track aimed at removing the stigma of mental health issues with Portugal the Man and Weapon called "Every Step That I Take" uh, to help raise awareness for suicide prevention. They're partnering with an organization called Save. It stands for Suicide Awareness Voices of Education, focusing on suicide prevention, information, and depression awareness. Every step that I take is about how the dreams and depression and love and the lack of it on the emotional steps of the gallows are processed. So uh, even more awareness, um, mm -hmm. even more organization happening, great foundations to support. So yeah, uh, this movement continues. Yep. Um... Just in time for a star is born. Yes. Yeah, I guess so. Oh boy. Is that a spoiler? Uh, it, it might be. <laughs> oh boy. All right. All right. It's, then, not, it's uh, not a spoiler if you don't know what it is. Next up, one of our favorite stories to cover the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, right. Is it that time of year again? It's that call it time of year. Class of 2019 nominations are out. Oh, okay. So, uh, if I remember correctly, there were some top contenders that didn't quite didn't make it last make year. It. Those two uh, notable. Uh, uh, Eligible uh, eligible bands that didn't make it last year that are still eligible this year are Radiohead and Rage Against the Machine. Oh, boo. Put them in. Yeah, why not? This year marks the first time, though, that acts such as Def Leppard... of Tom Morello. <laughs> Def Leppard, Devo, uh, John Prine, Roxy Music, Stevie Nicks, and Tom Rundgren have been nominated. Uh, you would think that they would have been nominated before. Well, Stevie Nicks... Is in for Fleetwood Mac already, but, but not, this, as solo not as a solo artist. This is for solo artists. I'm surprised Devo isn't already. Made. I'm surprised Def Leppard is the yeah. first time. Right, but, uh, but Devo is the surprise for me. I mean, also that means that both uh, Radiohead and Rage Against the Machine are older acts. Yes, I would not have guessed that. Well, no, no, that's not true. That just means that they haven't been nominated before. No. You can be eligible and not be nominated. 
Okay, I guess yeah, no, right. Death yeah. Lover definitely predates both of those. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> so does Roxy Music. So does Diva. Yeah. So does Stevie Nicks' solo career. Yeah, so it's weird <laughs> that they're the they're just getting nominated first time. In fact, all of them I think do. Uh, but yes, <laughs> has for the as for the rest, it's the fifth time that Kraftwerk and LL Cool J have been nominated. No. Yeah, the fourth time for the Zombies and MC Five. Uh, do you third think time, Zombies get from? It could happen. Uh, the third time. Uh, for uh, Janet Jackson and Rufus, featuring Chaka Khan. No, thank you. And the second time for The Cure. Oh, I'm surprised uh, The Cure's not in there. Well, Class of 2019 the will be formally inducted on March 29th, 2019, at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Yes. So good luck. Good luck to, to the following more. nominees. Uh, yep. We'll report back when they've wheeled down the list or and or have chosen the... No, I guess they do finalists, right? Yeah, they do big... Narrow it down to the finals. Yeah, they go finalists and then they do yeah. the, the winners. The inductees. The inductees. All right. Well, All right. let's move on. That does it for music news, which means here we are in what we listened to this oh, week. Oh, we so a many albums. thoughts. We have a couple albums to talk about okay. here. Okay. Let, let's go with the one I like the least first. Uh, the 21 Pilots record? Oh, how'd you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not very good? No, All it's right. not very good. Trench by 21 Pilots came out, uh, and it's a, Twilight, it's a 21 Pilots record. Oh, I don't so need to tell you that, because you already know. It's either you like what 21 Pilots is doing, or you're like me and think it's yeah. meh, why am I listening to this? There's it's other better stuff out very there. Very them. Like, yes. It's no not a departure at all. It's very their sound. Uh, I would like to note that like two of the songs sound very similar to each other in the fact that <laughs> I could play them back to back and yeah, you wouldn't no. know that either A, the track switched, or B, it's different sound. I mean, it says a lot about that record that right now I'm trying to think of what any of those songs sounded like, and I can't think of a single one. Well, it's because they sound like 21 Pilots. They just sound so generic to me. I don't know. I don't know. It's what you think it is. I don't even think we need to spend more, more time talking about it. No, I didn't like it. Let's talk about Eric Church instead. Eric Church's oh, yes. album Desperate Man also came out this week. Yes. Uh, Eric Church exactly. has reached the, the phase of, I'm going to do whatever I want to do because I'm that big now. That thing, as you put it, is a bluesy 70s rock record. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is very barely country. Uh, it's. I think there are maybe a few tracks on there that could pass yes. as a country radio single, but... Any other rest, though, he is not going for singles anymore. No, the, he's going for an album experience. Yes. And he's put, he, he's making an album that you put on in your basement while you're chilling out. This is this is that kind of rest. I, I like that analogy. Yeah, yeah it's your, your basement, you're on your couch, and you're just, you got a beer open. You're just chilling, man. Or you're, you're working on something. Yeah. It's, it's, it's man time. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to gender it, but yes, it's time. Yeah. It's, it's good, like, it's good, yeah, introspective, bluesy music. Oh, yeah, super bluesy. Yeah. I, I love how this album starts with the snake. Yeah. Uh, the, the talk about two different snakes, the copperhead and the rattlesnake. <laughs> snakes, man. Snakes, man. Snakes in boots. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, you, there's great songs on this album, but it is very bluesy. It is not... A, and it's not an album that we've heard before in a long time, um, especially coming out of this year. Uh, we've had Dan and Shay, we've had Luke Bryan, we've had um, 
Jason Aldean, yeah. um, Casey Musgraves, Kenny Chesney. Chesney, Carrie Underwood. It has been a great it's year been for country. It's an insane year for country. Yeah, it's like everyone decided to put out an album this year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, Florida Georgia Line, I think, put out something Probably. as well. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's been so much country music that we've especially covered this year uh, that for to have something that's in the country genre, but not country at all, super bluesy and chill, is a, rel- uh, not a relief, but a nice palate cleanse, you could say. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but, I mean, that's basically what it is. It's a bluesy album, super like 60s, 70s guitar riffs, um, relax, and if that sounds like it's your type of album, yeah, definitely check, check it, it out. out. Check out the... I mean, listen to the entire album. This isn't like a single or or a a like a demo. This is I'm gonna. This is Eric Church being. I'm gonna do an album dedicated to blues, and it's going to rock your world, or chill out your world. Something like that. Something yeah, to that effect. Maybe a little bit of both. Something to that effect. All right. Well, that uh, I also listened to uh, this week. I listened to the new Swearing record. If you like. Uh, well, watch your mouth. No, swearing. Uh, if you if you like uh, good old garagey indie rock, if you like those guitars crunchy, check this thing out. It's good. It's like their first record. Uh, anyways, that's all I have to say. Okay. So let's move on. Then we are moving on to music and into video games. All right, video games. What did what's new releases in video games? New releases this week: Call of Duty Black Ops Four. Oh, that is it's already that time of year. Is that time of year? That is your major release. If you're thrown with off a by major this, release, yes. If you're thrown off by this, that is because they don't usually come out until November. Yep. Uh, they uh, Activision instead has decided to drop this in October, a month earlier than usual. So yes, it is time for Call of Duty. So get ready. Get those FPS trigger happy yeah. fingers yeah. ready. Um, it's happening. I think Activision is doing the 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 buyer elite and elite package and play early. Yeah. Uh, I think there is microtransactions and loot boxes in this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Probably. That's what they do now. We may red box this over the weekend. I mean, yeah. hell, I'm not doing anything. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> see what we're doing. Also, this week, the Switch port of Luigi's Mansion. Oh, hey! Is out. That's cool. If you missed the Luigi's Mansion on the 3DS. Or no, sorry. This is not... You have switched down, but no, that's incorrect. This is the 3DS port of Luigi's Mansion 1, the GameCube one. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is not a Switch game. They announced a third Luigi's Mansion for Switch, but uh, that is next year. Oh, I thought that was, okay, that I thought they announced it because they were going to drop no. it. No, this is the uh, uh, port of the first Luigi's Mansion for the 3DS. Okay. Uh, the World Ends With You final remix, which is a, uh, a, a remix of World Ends With You, is that on Switch? And if you have not played that game, play that play game. Play that game. We can both recommend that game. Um... The music is top notch. The character interactions are great. Yeah, it's a fun game. And it's a fun game. It's a interesting dynamic of combat system. Yes. But it's easy to pick up. I don't, it, don't be afraid of it. I played the original back on the DS, and man, that was a crazy game. But it's really <laughs> cool. Um, then also this week, 
Space Hulk Tactics. <gasps> no, that is not a Marvel joint. That's no, just not that Hulk. Not Space that Hulk. Hulk. Space Hulk Tactics for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. That's it for new releases. Let's move on to... I mean, there's obviously going to be some indie releases, but yeah. we... Uh, we decided to stop covering all yeah, those because it got a little overwhelming. So, major yeah, releases. Major releases. So let's talk about, instead, video game news. And our first one is about Microsoft is not done buying studios. So uh, during the press conference of E3 for Microsoft, they announced like seven or eight studios that they were buying up. Well, they yeah. still have money to burn. They have apparently. money to burn. Yeah, they are currently... Uh, this is a... Um, Technically a rumor. This is not confirmed. Yes. But all signs point to this happening. Uh, they are supposedly finan finalizing a deal to acquire the independent development studio Obsidian Entertainment, oh. also known as that video game company that's on the second floor of our building. <laughs> they are literally four floors below us. We could just ride an elevator down to their floor which, anytime. Which we have. We're not going to do that, though. No. But but yes, uh, Obsidian Entertainment, uh, you may know them as the studio who brought you uh, Fallout New Vegas, uh, uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2, um, and uh, their most recent uh, uh, strategy RPG, uh, Pillars of Amalur, or whatever the hell that game is called. Uh, Pillars of something. Anyways. Yeah, it's just Pillars. Yeah. It's short to Pillars. Pillars of something. But yeah, uh, they, uh, are, uh, yeah, this goes through. Uh, Microsoft would be the uh, owner of Obsidian. They say that the deal has, quote, been 90% finished, and somebody said it's a matter of when, not if. Yeah, which could be good news. I mean, where are they going to get out of this deal? Money. And the ability to make uh, uh, probably bigger risks with their projects, make bigger projects. They've been playing it safe basically since those games I mentioned, the big title games for major publishers. Mm -hmm. They've been kind of doing small, crowd-funded like games like the, that Pillars game, where it's like they're not not shooting for the stars like they used to. But that that comes with being an independent studio. Right. So I think that what happens here is is a Microsoft ownership means they can make big games again. They can get back to the AAA scene. Mm. I think that's what happens here. But then they become exclusives, though. Uh, potentially, yeah. They, that that would potentially put them in a situation where they're make a position where they're making PC and Xbox games. But hey, that's fine. They we had a history of making PC games in the first place. Anyways, uh, but yes. Uh, in case you're wondering what else Obsidian's up to, they also announced that they were developing a new RPG that would be published by Private Division. Private which Division. Is a label <laughs> under 2K Games. Wait, you also private, right? I don't remember. I don't know. Right. Uh, the deal would either allow Microsoft to buy out the contract, the uh, 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 2K contract that started, or make the game a Microsoft exclusive instead. So yeah, we'll see what happens if this is finalized. Um, seeing how these things usually go, we should probably know in the next week or so uh, whether this scuttlebutt is true or not. Or maybe we'll hear it uh, from our building. <laughs> probably. It'll be a big announcement. Like, hey, we're moving out to a bigger building. Sorry, we're heading out. Oh. But yeah, we'll see. Moving on, our next story is about Sony. Since we talked about Microsoft, it's only fair. Sony did it. They finally did it. They they, they killed... No. They they, they bought... No. No? What They're they finally letting you change your PSN name. What? You mean I, I no longer to be Triple X No Scope 360 <laughs> Burn? 
420, 69, XXX. No, yes, you don't have to be anymore. Sony has announced a new feature that will allow users to finally change their PlayStation Network online ID from their PlayStation 4. The PSN online ID change feature beta will be part of the PlayStation preview program and will be able to uh, become available to select users that have been pre-registered as testers for previous PS4 system software betas. First change is free. First one's free. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. Uh, and changes after that will cost $10. For PlayStation Plus members, it will cost $5 after their first change. Full rollout of the feature is to all PS4 owners as planned for early 2019. This, of course, follows the method that Microsoft uses. Yes, Microsoft did this already. Yes. Microsoft has allowed you to change your uh, name for a long time for free for the first time, and then after that, you have to pay as well. Yeah. Uh, so this follows in league with this. This actually um, is interesting because for years, Sony said that it would require a lot of tinkering with uh, older games, older internet games, so like PS3 titles, in order to make this work. So the fact that they finally got it working is really is really good. It's good news. Well, that's that's right. That's why I didn't put in this thing. Yeah. It does actually affect it. Yes. Uh, older games. Um, any game past or before August first will allow you to put to show both your current username mm-hmm. and your older username. Ah, that's how they do it. Um, you can also also do that for the first couple of months. That way, when your friends pop up, they'll see they know both. who you are. They know who you are. Okay. And then they'll say, okay, I know who this is. I can just switch it over. That's smart. But yeah, it sucks that it took so long because now they have to be really careful about how they implement it. Right. But yeah, but yeah um, if a username is already taken, you can't take it again. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you know this, but I actually have two usernames for PlayStation accounts. Oh, yeah? Yeah. One is the one I use because it's my handle on everything. But and the other one, I I don't think I've ever told you what it is. I don't mind. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so the well, one thing that I because I used it as my backup account, ah. and I used it for PlayStation Home. Oh, and that was a got thing. it. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah. Uh, the one thing that doesn't allow you, though, is to combine two existing accounts, which a yes. lot of people I know want to do. But, Unfortunately. Yeah, okay. Anyways, let's move on to our next story. Uh, Epic Games. Hey! The, uh, the, the, them of Fortnite fame, of Yes, the, the, the Fortnite people. They have announced it has acquired an anti-cheat company called Camu. Anti-cheat company? Yes! They are a Finland-based company and the creator of the Easy Anti-Cheat Service. That Epic already employs for Fortnite. Is that trademarked? Yes, apparently. <laughs> However, it appears those who do cheat have a bigger issue to worry about than a ban. In particular, a spate of Android apps promising free V-Bucks and other in-game advantages are being sued for phishing, or sorry, used for phishing schemes, installing malware on users' devices and stealing sensitive information. <gasps> you can't do that. So yeah, uh, well, there's they're, they're getting away with they're it. They're sure so. going to be cracking down soon, though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, their competitor uh, to Fortnite, PUBG. That's still a thing. PUBG Corp yeah. has regularly implemented new anti-cheating measures in their game as well. Players have been very vocal in their call to region lock certain regions, mainly China, I guess, because of how much cheating is happening. Yes. Well, we did note that China 
government, uh, the, the Chinese police, have cracked down yeah. on cheating scandals and cheating rings uh, for uh, PUBG, working with them. But yeah, this is Epic's way of dealing with that personally. Yeah. My personal issue. Um, their season six did just launch. Yeah, six season. I don't know how long each season lasts, but they're in season six right now, uh, which means new map and new guns. They listened to a lot of your stuff. Got rid of double pump action for shotguns. Right. And then everyone started complaining that we want double pump back. Because <laughs> it was too OP. And then they... Can never make on. everybody happy. No. You can't make everyone happy. But, uh, yeah. Epic Games and Fortnite. If you're playing that, this is good news for you. Yes, I'm not playing it, so there's no news for me. <laughs> but what is news for you? I know you like Borderlands. Uh, I like Borderlands 2. Well, what if I told you that Borderlands 2 is getting re-released? Well, let's see. I bought Borderlands 2, based on your recommendation. Yep. I bought Borderlands uh, for the PSP, mm -hmm. or, or PS Vita. Yeah. I bought Borderlands in the Handsome Jack collection. Uh-huh. I think that's enough for me for, to play Borderlands. Okay. Well, what if I told you that you could play Borderlands 2 in VR? I think it's time for us to get a VR. <laughs> <laughs> well... Go to Pandora with a new VR game that the kind of shooter looter gets in your face. Literally. Yes, it is VR. Virtually <laughs> immerse yourself in the untamed world of Borderlands 2. It doesn't say 2, but it's 2. It, it's two. Uh, for PSVR. It has a new slow-mo ability that allows you to set up your next attack and a teleport that you can just glide across Pandora. Yes, uh, that will get rid of one using the car. And two, just because it's the, VR. the maps are so big. It's VR, and you don't want to. You don't want to do all the moving around. VR. Yeah. You for games like this, you have to have certain shortcuts because yes. you can't have a full, just a regular ass first person shooter in VR. It'd be too much. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's smart. I think this is a smart move. But man, I wish they would just announce three already. I know you would. Where the hell is three? I hope there were. Ugh. It's getting the Kingdom Hearts treatment. I need that game. Speaking of the Heat of Hearts treatment, real briefly, segue here, so yes. I can steal your thunder. But they did announce the complete collection um, for yes. PS4. You can get 1.5 HD, 2.5 HD, 2.8, and 3 when it comes out, all for the low, low price of $100. Low, low that price. is, yes, low, low price. Because. <laughs> Who's she? Oh, oh she, she's this girl low, low in Kingdom Hearts. Oh, uh, low, 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 price? Yeah, low, low price? Yeah, low, low price. Okay. Yeah, she, she runs uh, the, the marketplace, actually. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. It's funny that her last name is Price, but... Yeah, it's a nice weekend and a half. But anyways, yeah, if you were already thinking about buying Kingdom Hearts 3 for 60 bucks, <laughs> buy this instead, because for the extra 40 bucks, you get all Kingdom Hearts games for the PS4. Uh, you can download and play immediately both or all three collections... And then get PS4, or get PS4, get Kingdom Hearts 3 pre-order <laughs> pre to play immediately <laughs> when it uh, launches yeah. at the end of January. That's true. And that's my, um, basically that's my birthday list right there. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, right? <laughs> so yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, okay. Well, Kingdom Flip, Kingdom Hearts Flip. Yes. Another week there. That wraps it up for video game news, which means it's time to talk about video games we played. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is our fourth 
thoughts of the week? Yeah, but I'll be brief here. I actually haven't played a lot of this, so I'll talk about it briefly here. Okay, so you played four Za uh, Horizon, Horizon 4. four. So Forza Horizon four, the fourth in the Forza Horizon series. If you're not familiar, I'm not familiar. So there's Forza Motorsport, yes. which is Microsoft's kind of. This is their tech. Like, based, like, pro driving simulator. This is their Gran Turismo equivalent, right? Right. Well, Horizon is their slightly more arcadey, open-world driving Need for Speed? Game. Yeah, closer to a Need for Speed game. Okay. So, Horizon is the one that where it's a little bit more fun. It still has customization options. It still goes pretty deep in the simulation part. But, it, this is the one with Drivatars, where Drivatar. you play against... Yes. That's their term for computer-controlled racers that are based on the activity of your real-world real friends. The idea is, is the more that you play the Forza games, the more the Drivatar learns from your style and the kinds of things you do. Okay. So that way, when your friends are playing, your name will appear on a car that's not actually you. Oh, ghost car. And will drive like you do, based ah. on your data. Ghost car. That's a Drivatar. Okay. So yeah, uh, so that's that's this game. So Horizon 4 takes it up a notch and adds seasons into the game. So not only is it an open world game, but it, there, are, there are parts of the game where you go through actual real life weather change. So during the winter, the roads get icy and it's kind of hard to control. During the fall, all the, all the, the, the colors change and you kind of get more like mud races and stuff and hmm. the spring it rains more in the summer it's super hot like the the, the uh, weather and the seasons actually have direct effect on your racing oh and the opening of this game does a really good job of showing how that works as you're kind of basically playing the in you're playing in the intro it's like an interactive intro mm -hmm. and it goes through all the different seasons for you so that you can see the differences right away okay uh, so is it like, will different tracks or different things unlock based on what season it is? Yes, uh, but it's in chronological order by the story. Okay. It, but the way that you go to races is like Burnout Paradise. So basically, it's an open world, but there'll be things on your GPS that you can like, and it does one better than Burnout Paradise because it has a GPS. And <laughs> it has, uh, you can lock in places to navigate to. Uh, but yeah, you can go to a thing, and then you can be like, I want to race this race now. And then you can go into the race. Okay. Then there's other, you'll see the drive guitars in races, but you'll also see them just kind of hanging out on the roads. Also, like Burnout Paradise, there'll be stuff built in in the open world you can do too. Like, try to get the best time in this flat, or try to do this jump, or try to do stuff like that. So... So yeah, it's uh, it's a, not a requirement to play multiplayer, but of course it's multiplayer co-op and competitive. So you can play against your friends as well. Uh, online or local? Uh, both, uh, as far as I know. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a racing game. Uh, right now, if you're interested at all, in, it is available through Xbox Game Pass. So if you're already a Game Pass subscriber, or if you want to be, you can play Forza Horizon now. Uh, that's one of the nice perks of the Game Pass. Uh, or you can buy it uh, for reals. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a very it's a more traditional racing game than the Burnout games. It's um, it's a little harder. I've been struggling, and I have everything set to easy, and I'm still having a hard time with the races. I'm just not very good at it. <laughs> but yeah, you know how to drive. But it's extremely customizable. You can make it as hard or as easy as you want. 
everything can be uh, like all the like the tinkering you can do with your car can be as specific as you want it to be. Like you can even mess with like your your tire pressure and your like brake differential Ooh. and stuff like that. You can get really to the nitty gritty. Or the game also has options to be like, nah, I just want it to be like this. And that works too. Okay. So yeah, it's very customizable. It's it's got something for everybody uh, who likes racing games and cars. So yeah, uh, it's a really fun game, and I recommend it to anybody who needs a racing fix on their Xbox. Okay, sounds like a also on PC. So pendant uh, unibot scale. Yeah, I check. I'd say uh, well, we don't have it. one for video games. Yeah, but rent it, <laughs> buy it, rent it, forget about it. Ah, uh, this is a tough one because. I'd say that if you're somebody who already has access to the Game Pass, the Xbox Game Pass, definitely give it a try. Okay. Uh, because you're already paying for Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, if you want need a racing game, then then yeah, by all means, seek it out. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, so it's pretty good. All right, then. All right, that does that it. Does That's it for all us. Uh, I didn't play anything new. Still playing with Kingdom Hearts uh, Union Cross. Uh, and... Um, I'm also playing Polio. Or You're playing Io. Polio? Polio. What's Polio? Drop Io? I don't know. I'll show it to you. Oh, so, so, you, so you know how you liked um, Donut County? Yes. Oh, do I have a game for you? Oh, boy. I'll show it to you after this. Okay. It's actually right here, if I can remember the name of it. Take a look. I know. It's, uh, what's the name? Yeah, Polio. Polio. Pol.io. Old.io. Yeah, um, that's available on both um, Android and Google. Nah, we're done. Google Play Store and App, yes. Apple App Store. Apple Apps. Apple, Apple, yeah. the App Store. Yeah, Apple the App Store. Yeah, uh, we're, <laughs> we're we're done. We're, we're reaching right. in on two that's hours it. here. That's it for so video games. That's, that's it for the Media Boat Podcast. You know what? Plug it away. Let's plug it away. Do a quick plug for everything. This has been the Media Above Podcast. We're live every Wednesday night at, on YouTube. Just search Media Above Podcast and you can find us. Every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time is when we go live. So check that out. We'll be back next week for another live show. If you'd rather listen to our audio version, we're also in podcast form. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or any RSS feed driven podcast machine. Just pop in Media Above Podcast and you'll find us. You can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter at, at MediaBoatCast. We're on Facebook, MediaBoatPodcast. Just search that and you'll find our page. Like and uh, leave a comment. Yep. You can also find us on the internet. We're on MediaBoatPodcast.com for all our archived uh, written work. You can also see us on uh, Twitch.tv when we play video games. That's Twitch.tv slash MediaBoat. Lastly, if you want to help us out, and I know you do, you can donate to us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash MediaVote is where you can go to donate. You can donate as little as a dollar a month and we'll still love you. That little amount, just a dollar a month, still helps us and can make this content even better and make special content just for you. That does it. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Media Boat Podcast. In the meantime, we're going to go rest our mouths. Yes. Uh, next week, we probably won't have as many thoughts to go no, over. We'll have a shorter show next week. Yes. So, we have to be a shorter show. This is back. one of our longers because thoughts on everything. Thoughts on everything. But we'll keep the truck going. We'll see you guys next we'll time. We'll keep trucking. Okay. Bye. <laughs>